This episode of Full Armor Radio is brought to you by CR101 Radio Network. CR101 Radio Network is a Christian reconstruction internet radio station that hosts and broadcasts lectures, sermons, and podcasts 24-7. You can learn more at CR101Radio.com. We're also brought to you by GCS Apprenticeship Program, which is dedicated to training the next generation of Christian teachers so they can own and operate successful and profitable Christian schools. You can learn more at gcsapprenticeship.com. And now to the show. What do you think will happen to you after you die? Well, I used to think that we would go to heaven, but I'm still contemplating some things. Um, still a really tough question. Um, if I had to believe in something, I do believe that we'll go somewhere after we die. Yeah. But I'm not sure if the concept that we have is the, is the right one. Okay. Um, you said you used to believe in heaven? Yeah, well, that sounds bad, but I, I do believe we'll go to a good place when we die if we're good people or to a bad place if we're bad people. Okay. So the general concept of heaven and hell I still believe in, it's just the take that humans usually have taken on it. I don't know if it's the same as what it will actually be because a lot of the stuff that... Um, I think that Christianity and other religions are about is humans kind of came up with themselves even though they're similar um, ideas, ideologies in different religions. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a bit of a gray area. I okay. So do you believe in God's existence? Yes. Yeah, sounds like it. So so you're saying that there is, there's a, there's, you believe God's the creator? Yeah. Yeah, so we're created by God. There is a judgment by God. Yes. Right? To either give it, get us to, we call it a good place or a bad place. Yeah. So, so I imagine then that you would not say that the Bible is God's word, or would you? It's, it may have been at one point, but it's been translated and it's gone through so many different kinds of stuff. It's, a lot of stuff has been cut out and edited and... Well, do you know how the Bible has been transmitted down to us through the through the years? Not exactly. I just know that um, from some translations, there were not very, there wasn't a very good, you know. I guess translation is still the word I'd use from the one language to the next. So, mm-hmm. well, so like for example, like the Gospel of John, part of the New Testament. We have a copy of the Gospel of John that's with, within 100 years of it being written, okay? So the New Testament was written in Greek, okay? So, for example, compare, comparing that to, like, the philosopher Plato, the earliest copy of Plato is 1,200 1, years after he lived. Pretty big difference, right? So actually the New Testament's credentials in terms of historical documents are very good, meaning that we have such early copies of them that they are very accurate to what the author wrote. Yeah, so the question is not so much, do we know what John and Peter and Paul, for example, wrote? Because we do know what they wrote, because these are historical documents just like others. But the question is, is it more than just historical documents? Are these the word of God? That's the real question. Not so much do we know what was written, but are these the things that were written, are they the word of God? That's the bigger question. So what do you think about that? you're trying to put it in that context um, God could have easily written through them mm-hmm. and made it his word but it, um, if I remember correctly they're more of just like general accounts of what happened and everything during that time instead of 
and also there's of course lessons and um, stuff you can learn but well it's not it's not all just historical narrative like here's what happened there's a, there's like in the New Testament there's Paul's letters to churches which are teaching right so there's more than just here's what happened this guy went there there is that historical of, of what they were doing but also what was being taught yeah the words of Jesus what did he teach it also says where he went and who he was talking to but it also says what he taught and then Paul's letters are of course letters just like you just imagine him talking to people here's, here's what he's teaching them so there are words that the Bible does claim to be the word of God like you said it, it's certainly possible that God can you know um, give his word through men which is what exactly the claim of scripture and Peter makes that claim right. he makes the claim that you know these that the writers of scripture were carried along by the Holy Spirit God to write these things and, the, and then Paul says that all scripture is breathed out by God it's God's words so that's really the question I'm asking you do you think that's true that claim yes it's definitely possible or definitely not just possible but a very good possibility that God was writing through the mm -hmm. through them and wanted to have his word um, you know saved in the right. best way possible right. because he most likely or did know that uh, we would only discover these writings so long afterwards and try to preserve them the best we could right or when the Bible itself was, you know, starting to be put together, because it wasn't just one process, one and done. It was, it was several iterations. Um, well, it was like this: is that you have, like, you know, the New Testament was being written in the first century, right? Right. So what's happening there is that, like, Paul's letter, some of those, he's writing those, and they're being sent around, and they're being copied and sent around as kind of circuit letters to churches. So the Bible was being written during that time and it was being copied at that time. So you have a lot of different, and of course they didn't have photocop photocopiers, so you had to handwrite copy them. Right. So they did that and it was spread around pretty quickly actually where they would do that. So you have, you know, large numbers of manuscripts. We have over 5,000, you know, fragments or copies of, of sections of the New Testament right now. It's a lot. That, that is quite a it's bit. It's a pool, a pool of documents, and then they agree with one another. That's what I was saying before, is that we know what these guys wrote. So are you, say, so are you saying that, yeah, it seems like this, that you, you would accept the claim that the Bible is the word of God? I would, just because the possibility is too great to ignore that he was writing through them, through the letters, and knowing that these are going to be getting around, and right. knows that there's going to be so many different copies, but they're all going to say generally the same thing. It's the same lessons that we need to learn. And yeah, I, I would say that okay. the Bible is the word of God. So that would get you to a more firm position on heaven and hell then, wouldn't it? It would. It, I would definitely have to do some more research because I just have been realizing that I had some of the stuff that I thought was, you know, kind of man-made wasn't exactly man-made. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, even if it is man-made, it's made with God's will, so it's just kind of... Right, because the, the claim of the Bible is that, that, yes, men wrote it, but God was the one who's saying, I'm, this is my word, I'm, I'm kind of giving you what to write, right. and keeping them from making errors, that sort of thing. So yes, they still have their personalities and they're still people, but God, because he, he said before he wants to preserve his word in writing, is keeping them from messing it up so to speak right so 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 you have this heaven and hell right so like you die and you stand before god on, in judgment 
right? If, so say you die and stand before God and he were to say, so why should I let you into heaven? How do you think he'd answer that? Even though I had my own faults and my own, I would say, sins, mm-hmm. um, and my own times of doubt, I would still try to generally be a good person. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, I was raised as a Christian, so it's not that it's just a part of me to be nice. It's I actually wanted to be a good person to other people. So mm-hmm. I think that even if I had my own moments of doubt, my own where I didn't exactly believe uh, what I needed to or did what I needed to I was still trying to do the right thing even if it was in a some sort of seen as twisted mm-hmm. by some people okay um, yeah. so you think the guy will say you're, you're a pretty good person and that'll that'll get you into heaven I mean I'm as good as the next person which I'm not a saint okay but yeah. You know, like like the uh, like the Ten Commandments, God's law. Kind of familiar with some yeah. of those. Like, in your whole life, do you think you've told a lie? Yeah, I have. <laughs> I mean, of course. Like, I mean, countless. Yeah, I couldn't tell you how many. Me either. No. Yeah. Um, the other ones, like, have you ever stolen anything? I have, but I like to think that I have kept myself to a very bare minimum on that. Okay. So. <laughs> sure. Still, still counts though, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> Just a little bit of thievery. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I have as well. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. It's not just like robbing the store or something, but right. you know, like downloading stuff off the internet. Downloading or, stuff off the internet, stealing answers from somebody else's work. Yeah. And that would be lying as well. It would. So there's a, <laughs> they mix together. Um, Jesus said if you look at someone with lust that you're not married to, that's adultery in the heart. You ever looked at lust before? Uh, yeah, for sure. Me too. Um, ever use the name of God flippantly in vain like a cuss word? Yeah. yeah. So, me too. That's four of them. Yeah. Okay. If we're going off of uh, points here, I'm not doing too hot. But, well, well, the thing is, like, I admitted all those as well. And I right. bet if I asked anybody, they'd all, if they're honest, would also say yes to those things. Right. So you think if God were to judge us based on the Ten Commandments, do you think he'd find us innocent or guilty? If you just went off of that, mm-hmm. you find us guilty. Right. We just admitted it, so that's pretty right. obvious. So, God, you believe God is good, right? Right. Me too. God is good. He's just. So if he gave us justice, do you think he would give us heaven or hell? I believe that's where the idea of limbo originally came from. Yes. Besides the Catholic Church trying to make the money um <laughs> which is big, big uh, purgatory yeah purgatory is not in the bible by the way that's okay so it's not really it's really heaven or hell not heaven or hell or purgatory there's just two options here okay i actually didn't do research into that i just know that that was a thing they believe in their church traditions over over top of the bible instead of just the bible which is what christians hold to just the bible okay so what do you think so if the guy gave us justice heaven or hell it would be on a person per by person basis because he wouldn't be have to he would have to go off you know the Ten Commandments and how bad we've gone with each one because I mean someone that's stolen a single answer off of somebody's like homework versus somebody that's robbed a bank I believe would be a bit different mm-hmm. so there would be a lot of context needed for him to judge us I believe well, the difference is between that, and I would agree with what you said in part, that there would be a degree of punishment because one is worse than the other. Right. But they're both law-breaking still. Still. So it's like if I go in court and I say, you know, all I did was you know, steal a beer from a, from a gas station. 
The other guy comes in, yeah, I robbed six banks. Well, yeah, one is a little more theft than the other, but they're both still crimes. They, I suppose it really comes down to whether you you repent and you're sorry for what you've done and you know that it's bad and, and that... Well, if you think about that, though, too, and even in a human court, if I said, yeah, you know, I did this stuff, but I'm real sorry about it, <laughs> they still can't say, okay, I'll let yeah. you go. Yeah. You know, and you can't say, well, also, I try to be a good guy. I mean, I just killed a couple guys, but I try to be a good person. <laughs> you know, it's just, there's nothing you can do to say... Come on, let, let me go. If, if the judge is just, right. he'll say, well, I have to give you punishment, right? Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. So do you think, do you think, what do you think then, heaven or hell? I mean, probably hell, but I, I imagine there would be a way to earn your way to heaven. Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Okay. But, so we just established, though, and this is important, that since God is good and just... And we're, we just looked at four, and we made making four. There's more. There's <laughs> we, six more, at least. Yeah. yeah, and we could find out how much more guilty you are. But the point is, is that God's going to judge, see if we're innocent or guilty. We're clearly guilty, like he said. So that means we have to get the penalty, because that's what justice would demand. Now, that established. Now, how is it that somebody can be forgiven and be accepted into heaven? Do you know? Well, I know the first step is you have to repent and be sorry. Um, after that... I know you. There was a way to make it up, but I can't remember exactly what. Um, it wasn't, you know, the usual go to church every right. Sunday morning and night. And, uh, here's here's what it is. You and I, so we're guilty. We can't make up for it. Because even because God's justice is even more just than a human court. But even if you think in a human court, you still can't really like. Just, say, eh, you know, sorry, I, I'll try to do better or whatever, you know. So here's what it is. Jesus, right? Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is God. He added to himself a human nature. So he's God and man, right? He lived a perfect life of, of obedience to that law that we've broken, right? And then you know that he died on the cross. I'm sure you know that. So do you understand the legal implications of Jesus's death on the cross? Any idea what I mean by that? I mean, I know the legal implications that you put it are uh, his blood washes away our sins. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm getting at, is that the justice that I deserve for being a lawbreaker, that guilt is transferred to Jesus, and then he bears the penalty in my place. So the justice is being dealt out by God the Father. It's just not going on me. It's going on Jesus instead. He's a substitute. Right. So it's not just God saying, oh, yeah, you broke out the law. No big deal. That'd be bad. It's like, think about it again in a human court. Oh, you right. murdered five guys, dropped a couple of banks. No big deal. Get out of here. Yeah. Bad. So the justice is being dealt out, but instead of on me, it can go on Jesus. I don't have to go to hell because Jesus is bearing the penalty of hell on the cross. That make sense? Yeah. Okay, not too bad. And then there's another thing. I mentioned that Jesus kept the law perfectly. Now, do you know how good of a person you would have to be to earn heaven? With Jesus' saving, or... With him saving me, or um, just, just by yourself? Just by myself, I'd probably have to live, you know, like Jesus did, and live a, you know, a clean, hundred percent clean life. Exactly, perfect. Yeah. Jesus said you must be perfect. Now that's not good news for us, no, because <laughs> that means that we're not going to heaven based upon what we've done, because we're guilty. So this, to go to heaven, you have to be perfect. So we're not there, and to go to hell, you have to be guilty. We are guilty. So that's the problem. So we have these two problems. You know, I'm not good enough to go to heaven, and I'm guilty, so I should go to hell. Well, I established, how did Jesus take away the penalty so I don't have to go to hell by dying on the cross in the place of the sinner, right? 
But then in order to go to heaven, you have to be perfect. Well, as I mentioned a second ago, Jesus was perfect. So his perfect law keeping can be transferred to that sinner's account before God. If I earn a million dollars and I transfer it to your bank account, you didn't earn a penny of it, but now it's yours and it's on your account. Right. So I didn't earn any righteousness, I've just broken the law. But Jesus earned the righteousness by keeping the law and he can transfer that to my account. So he takes my sin and then gives me the righteousness to my account. So it's a switch, right? He's my substitute in those ways. He takes my penalty and then keeps the law, which is the requirement to go to heaven. You also think about it like he's paying off your debt. Exactly, exactly. I, I owe, you know, $100 trillion and he's paying it all off. So, I don't, so I'm no longer, yeah, obliged yeah. to that. So my penalty, he's paying it on the cross. And then he's earned what's required for me to enter into heaven. Righteousness. Perfect righteousness. Be perfect. He says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. I to be as perfect as God. Jesus, Jesus earned it by, keep, by being perfect. Then he can transfer it to the sinner's account. So what do you have to do? That makes sense to you, right? Yeah. That's how God can forgive somebody. He's not just saying, no big deal. He's, he's, Jesus is being a substitute. He's being the savior. He's living the life in the place of the sinner that he couldn't, that the sinner couldn't keep the law and then he's taking the penalty that the sinner would have to bear on his own in hell. Yeah. So how do you receive the salvation that Jesus accomplished by doing that? Receive the salvation. I was raised in the church, I should know this, but you mentioned one thing, you mentioned repentance before. Yeah. Okay. Can you define repentance? You would need to find repentance because if we're not even sorry about what you did even if it's something minor or major, then I don't see how, how else you can make progress into, you know, being forgiven. Mm -hmm. but. So, so repentance is a thing. It's basically, yeah, you're admitting your guilt and being sorrowful over it and saying, I hate these bad things that I do, God, and I'm very sorry for them, like you said. The other thing is faith, trusting in Jesus. Faith is not merely, faith is not merely knowing stuff about Jesus. It's not merely just saying, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's those things, but it's also a transfer of trust from trusting in yourself to transferring it to trusting in Jesus. See, what you were saying before is that, well, I think there's some way you can earn heaven. So you can't. That's the point. Again, you'd have to be perfect to earn heaven. No, it's been a minute since I've been to church. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So that would be trusting in yourself, your own good works. That's not it. Because the only way to go to heaven by your works is to be 100% perfect, which is not possible, right? We've blown right. that. So the only real way to go to heaven is to trust in what Jesus did, that it will count for you, that his law keeping will count for you and that his death on the cross as a substitute taking the penalty for the sinner, that that will count as well. He's saying, no, there's nothing in me that God will accept because I'm bad. The only way God will accept me is if he looks at what Jesus has done. So basically, when I, if you stand before God and you say, God, don't look at what I have done, look at what Jesus has done. That's, that's how you can be forgiven. You definitely believe that Jesus has died for you watch away your sins and if you don't believe that then that sacrifice wasn't meant for you exactly and then you then god will judge you just based upon what you have done be able to get justice right. so i don't want that to happen to you you personally i, right. I don't want you to be found guilty and go to hell i certainly don't want that for you that's why it's important to talk about this yeah so we said faiths which is also could be called trusting in jesus yeah. trusting that he's the savior kind of like you would trust a parachute if you're jumping out of an airplane you wouldn't just jump out of an airplane and flap your arms and think you could save yourself right that'd be right. pretty dumb that's like trying to earn heaven by being a good person it's like flapping your arms because yeah. you can't do it it's impossible but what you do is transfer your trust from your own ability to trusting in the parachute, the thing that could actually save you in that scenario. So Jesus, similarly, is the Savior. We can't do it. 
So maybe you maybe you remember this Bible verse, but it's Romans six twenty three, and it says the wages of sin is death. Yeah. You know that? You know what the wage is in general? What that means? Yeah, it's what you earn. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like a paycheck, something you earn. So by sinning, we earn death. That's what it says. Yeah. So it means. So like we said before, we broke the law, we deserve our penalty, we deserve death, hell. But then it says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. That's free gift is heaven because of Jesus. A free gift versus a wage. Think about the difference between those. A wage is something you earn. So if you go to work, you get your paycheck, that's your wage. They will not give you your paycheck unless you work for it, right? Right. Now, if it's your birthday and somebody gives you a gift, you don't pull out your wallet and say, how much do I owe you? Because you know they buy it and they give it to you for free. Right. Right, it's a gift. So by definition, a gift is not a wage and a wage is not a gift. And they can't be mixed together. Either it's a wage or it's a gift. So how do we get heaven? Well, it can't be by earning it. Because if you try to earn it, well, you end up being a lawbreaker and you actually earn hell. The wages of sin is death. In order to have eternal life in heaven, it says it's a free gift. Well, who gives it to you? Jesus. Because yeah. he earns it. And then he can give it, and you receive it by faith, by trusting in him. And that faith is always accompanied by that repentance we talked about. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So, do you see your need to trust in Jesus and repent of your sins? I mean, I do. Mm-hmm. Because, like we've established, I'm not perfect. Right. Nobody is. Mm-hmm. And if I do want to get into heaven, I need to, you know, actually repent and talk to Jesus and have that heart on heart that I need to, that everybody needs to have. Um, And of course, it's not, doesn't mean that they're just gonna, of course, it does wash them away, but I still need to be sorry for them, never do them again, learn from my mistakes, and all that fun stuff. Well, you're getting into an important, important question there. So I've tried to communicate to you that salvation is not something you can earn. Right. Right. And it's not something you should be trusting in yourself to get you. You can't earn salvation. Don't trust in your own good works. So that raises the question, though, then why does a Christian, why do they even bother trying to be obedient to God if it doesn't earn them heaven? So here's the answer to that question. Do you know what it means to be born again? Yeah, it means to get, um, to get rid of your old self and to start your new life and Jesus' eyes and to, you know, actually try to be a good person. Yeah, you're very, you're very, very close. It is those things, but you said it's you getting, it's, it's something that God does. God is the one who converts or makes somebody a new person and gives them a new heart. It's called being born, born again or being born of the Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit, God. So that's, you know, it's God's yeah. working. So Jesus said, that you'll know a person by their fruit like you know a tree by its fruit. So if you saw a tree with apples growing on it, you would know, you know what kind of tree it is because of that. So you can know whether somebody's a born-again tree, quote-unquote, or a not-born-again person based upon what's produced in their life, what kind of fruit there is, right? So there's basically three things that would demonstrate what kind of tree you are, what kind of person you are, whether you're born-again or not. A born-again person is going to bear the fruit of repentance, Okay, we talked about that already. So they're going to be a repentant person. Second one is they're going to trust in Christ alone for their salvation. We also talked about that. That they won't trust in their own good works, but only trust in Jesus. And the third, and you just alluded to it, is that they're going to strive to obey God, not to try to earn salvation. That's key. But only out of thankfulness to God for giving salvation as a free gift. They have a new heart. They have new desires. They desire to obey God because he's their Lord and Savior. 
recognizes him as the authority, that his law is right, and then they strive to do it, instead of rebelling against it like you used to do before, you, before the person was a Christian, right? right? So those three things, repentance, trusting in Christ alone, and then striving for obedience are the three things. If those things are not there, that would demonstrate the person is not born again. Those things are there sincerely, and that would be good evidence that the person is born again. Right. Makes sense? Like a tree by its fruit. So do you think, based upon that, that you are born again right now? I would say yes. My fruit may not always taste amazing, but it's still healthy for you. And if you want to, you know, think about it that way. Because I still believe <coughs> I've repented. And I do always try to be a good person. I'm not, but I do mm -hmm. try to always be a good person to obey God. Even if it's... No, that doesn't make sense. I was going to say, even if it's my own way of doing it, but at the same time, I still do it a lot like everybody else. So it's... Mm -hmm. That's that's the question because there's two there's two things that I'm kind of wondering about. So in the beginning of this conversation, it kind of sounded like you were saying that in order to go to heaven, it's by trying to be a good person. You actually did say that. Yeah, no, I probably did. You did. So, of course, as I've communicated, that's not the right answer, yeah. right? So what do you think now? So if you were to die and stand before God, and you were he would ask you, you know, why should he let you into heaven? How do you think you should answer that? Done what you asked me to. May not have been perfect, but I have believed you in you in you to an extent. I have tried to obey your rules, and I have seen my sins and been sorry for them, repented. Mm -hmm. So that's my case, mm -hmm. and it's ultimately his decision. So right. Here, here's the issue with the way that that way you answered that is that you still said. I've tried to obey your rules. Right. That's trusting in your own works, your own obedience. Now, basically, you're saying, God, look at what I have done. And if God looks at what you have done, he'll find you guilty. Right? So it can't be, God, you should let me in heaven because of what I have done, even a little bit. That's why I said Jesus trusting in Jesus alone, not trusting in Jesus plus yourself. See that difference there? So here's, here's how I'd answer the question. This is the way that, that uh, the biblical answer is that you say, well, I haven't earned heaven. I've actually earned a place in hell because the wages of sin is death. But I trust that what Jesus did, that he kept the law for me and he took the penalty on the cross for me. I trust that what he did will count for me. You'll forgive me because of that. Okay. That's it. Pretty simple. Yeah. It's not, and I did X, Y, and Z, because that's trusting in yourself. And God's basically you're saying, God, look at me. Look what I've done. So you don't want that, actually. If you want to be saved... You want to say, God, don't look what I've done. I've only done things that are wrong. Look at what Jesus has done on my behalf, what he did. If he, if you really trust that what he did is the only way to get to heaven, then you'll be saved. See, right now, there's basically three ways that people answer that question. They'll say, because I'm a great person and me only, me only. That's not it. Second one is because of Jesus only, which is the correct answer. And the third one is actually very common. It's Jesus is very important and necessary, and I've done... X, Y, and Z. Now that's also wrong. 
And that's the one that people think is pretty good because it has Jesus in it. Right. But it's not, even if you say, well, God, you should let me to heaven because I trust in Jesus and because I go to church and I'm nice to people and I forgive people and I give to charity and all those things that are good things. But if you're trusting in them, God's going to find you guilty because the standard is perfection. And see, so you, your, your works are not perfect. Right. That's the problem. But if you trust in Jesus' perfect work, then God can accept you on account of what Jesus did. It's like, did that come across to you? Make yeah. sense to you? So basically what it is, is that in order to be saved, you can't, tr- you can't have any hope in yourself. It's really a slap in the face in the pride of man. It's really what it is. It's like, no, you're not. There's nothing you can do. But thankfully, the good news is, is that Jesus did everything that we could not do, that the sinner could not do. And therefore, whoever repents and trusts in him will be saved. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So you, you're kind of in the position where you're, you say these things are true, right? You believe that these things are true? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you affirm them as true. The real question is, though, something you can just ask yourself is, am I really trusting in Jesus instead of trusting in myself? You know? Because you mentioned, so you, you haven't been around church in a long time, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that you know, when you're when you're born again, you have a desire to worship God and, and to be around Christians. So there's there's that <laughs> to yeah. think about too. I'm just not a people person to be honest. Mm. Well, something when you're born again, you have a love for 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 Christian brothers from First John. And he says, you know, he who does not love the brothers does not have the love of the Father in him. Okay. So basically, why am I telling you all this? This is kind of you know going around all this is that. I kind of mentioned it before, is that I, I care about you, and that we just met, but I do care about you. And there's certain facts that I know. One, you and I are both going to die someday. Yeah. We all know that. We all know when, but it's going to happen. When that happens, God's going to bring a judgment. And if he judges you based upon what you have done, you're going to be found guilty, just like if he judged me based upon what I have done, he'd find me guilty. And anybody else. So the only way for you to be forgiven and accepted by God is to trust in Jesus instead of trusting in yourself. And I tell you that because I want you to be saved. And don't, like I said earlier, I don't want you to be found guilty and go to hell. But I also don't want you to just assume that you're a Christian because that would be a dangerous position. Right, that's yeah. not actually believing. Yeah, because be, that's, a, that's a scary position when somebody thinks they're safe but they're really in danger. You know, that's, that's not a good position to be in. So really, that's why I'm kind of giving some challenges to you to think about. Um, you know, see whether you're born again, look at those fruits, do I really trust? Because so far you've still been kind of having your own works involved in that. And then also just about your obedience to God, you know, is there really a desire for him, for his, for worshiping and him and so on and so forth, that sort of thing. So just some things to think about because I care about you, okay? Um, any questions for me? Not really. Okay. Do you, do you own a Bible? I do, yeah. Probably. Um, you ever read the Gospel of John? Uh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. And Romans, Book of Romans? I should have, yeah. You should have, <laughs> yeah. Well, something that, you know, it's probably been a while, right? Yeah. Probably You probably want to look at those, okay? Read through those. They're not very long. Gospel of John and Romans. Yeah, okay. John, John and Romans, both in the New Testament, right there. Um, John and Romans. And uh, so so you, when's, the last, you been, when's the last time you went to church? I mean, it wasn't terribly long ago. Yeah. I go to East River Park all the time. Um, been there probably about a year ago. Then, I would say about three or four months ago, I went to a funeral. But that's not mm-hmm. church. So, so yeah. and, 
this is the most important thing in the world. And like I said, there is a sense of urgency to this because, like I mentioned, we don't really know when we're going to die. And I think, I think the world was kind of reminded of that this week because you heard about Kobe Bryant. Yep. Yeah. It kind of, stuff like that happens sometimes and it kind of makes you think, you know. So, um, is it cool if I, like, leave you my number or something? And That's fun, yeah. I can 